We're Tony and Chelsea Northup, and this is our Picture This podcast, an audio-centric video (laughs) that you can watch on YouTube or listen to on any sort of podcasting app. Today, we're going going to answer the question, are camera views a waste of time? Should you just go shoot and not ever watch another camera review? As told by two camera reviewers. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. So try Squarespace at squarespace.com slash Tony, and you can use the coupon code PORTFOLIO to get 10% off. If you're not ready to buy it quite yet, you have a 14-day free trial, no credit cards needed, none of that tricky kind of stuff. Just try it out and see if you like it. We think you will. Thanks, Squarespace. Yeah, thank you. They make our pictures look great. Um... Probably the first thing, before we actually get into answering these questions. We're going to get this out of the way. The people who always say, stop watching camera reviews, they always have a lot of emotional energy, don't you think? Why are they so emotional? Why would you, it's always, they're always responding to a camera review, Mm -hmm. saying, why are you people watching camera reviews? It doesn't matter. Just go out and shoot. Yeah, why are you here, sir? They always have some emotional energy. And I've dug in. I know why. Yeah, I, I will. We've stalked these people sometimes. Sometimes we actually go and communicate with them a little bit and talk to them like, why do you feel this way? Usually they're watching a review of a camera they already own. Dangerous. Which is a bad idea. And something we said has made them feel bad about their purchase or wasn't consistent maybe with their testing or something, but they, they bring some emotional energy into it. It's not that they're people who raise this question are like, giving and caring people just trying to help their community well, they might be as well <laughs> i don't know eliminate that I can't entirely talk about their entire lives yeah. but that's usually what we found is that that's not what's motivating them they almost come from this holier than thou place and they want everybody to know that they're somehow above well dealing with gear intricacies i kind of get it because it would really stink you get really excited your new camera or lens is coming you spent a ton of money on it it's a big decision for you and you get it and you love it. And then you go watch this video and they have some bad things to say about it. So I can understand that. You don't want people to say bad things about the things that you like or you've invested in personally. And I will also say that it actually is annoying when people focus on gear too much because we see it all the time. People with like no portfolio, just kind of nitpicking gear stuff or they're kind of positioning and saying, oh, you shouldn't have bought that camera. You should have bought this other camera because it's better at this. But then you see that they haven't invested properly in their skills. So I do think there's a subset of people. I think when people ask this question, they're saying, hey, some of you need to put more time into your skills than just into thinking about gear. There should, it should definitely shouldn't be all of one or maybe the other. Balance is nice. Ooh, we're not gearheads yeah i just want to make the point because we get accused of being gearheads all the time and you do (laughs) it's true it's mostly me and people are saying like i don't care about the art of photography or something even though when we came onto youtube it was because we wrote stunning digital photography a book about photographic technique which doesn't cover gear at all and then the follow-up books were our lightroom and photoshop books which don't cover gear they're about post-processing and that's the stuff we care about more yeah Well, you know what I think happens there is that our reviews, our gear reviews are more popular Mm -hmm. and that's what people tend to see. And also if people are seeking out a gear review to watch when they're watching our videos, they're going to think we just do gear reviews. Yeah, exactly. So the people who think 
where gearheads are only watching our gear reviews and not watching our other content like this podcast, which is typically not about gear, but rather about oh. art and history and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So point number one, camera reviews should be for camera buyers. And what we see all the time is people watching camera reviews who just bought the camera. Which oh is yeah, that's a, a that's a mistake. Idea. That's a mistake. It's a bad idea. Um, I've as an example, I was looking into getting the eighty-five millimeter one four, and I was kind of between a few different uh, manufacturers and thinking about waiting for the Sigma lens. And so when I was watching the reviews for that and reading the blogs and things, I was kind of just looking for what would be important to me. So I don't go into a review expecting expecting it to be perfectly suited for what I'm looking for. I'm kind of like picking out the points they're making that would apply to what I'm interested in. And I think that it can be difficult if you already have the gear, you're looking to just have your purchase validated by the reviewer. Yeah. And that's really difficult because no single piece of gear is going to be right for every single person. And that's a really important thing to remember, I think. Yeah, so if you've already made the purchase, then don't watch camera reviews because it's not going to improve your photography it'll it, make you feel bad i do it too i i totally get it not even for camera reviews for other stuff that i buy i'll watch a review but i just if you're don't excited get about it you're, you're kind of like looking for entertainment about this thing yeah. that you're excited about yeah yeah um but then <laughs> yeah if somebody says oh it doesn't actually it's not actually great at this thing you could feel like, oh my God, I just wasted thousands Lonely. of dollars and that could feel terrible. And people have different types of emotional reactions to that. I do want to make a suggestion. What? We don't recommend people seek out biased sources for reviews, but if you've already bought a camera, then seek out like the, the artisans that are sponsored by that camera. Oh, they're great because they're going to show you the best way to use the gear and they have inspirational pictures. So it's going to be exciting for you. Yeah. Uh, we should make a niche video for people that already own gear where we just like sleep with it and roll around <laughs> with it and like people would love say how much we love it. <laughs> uh, gear can be fun. And can be people don't understand that it can just be a hobby. Like some of us are, were nerds from the day we were born and we took apart the remote control to figure how out how it worked. We took apart our toaster and every little thing. We just like Did to understand how stuff works. It, that was definitely me. <laughs> Some of it didn't work at the end. Sometimes there were always screws left over. Um, but in the car world, you have people who are constantly tuning and tweaking their car. They're changing their suspension and tires and wheels, and they're upgrading the ECU. And, and, but then you'll have people saying, oh, does that get you to the grocery store any faster? Like, no, it's just, it's just fun. It's yeah. just fun. It can, stuff can just be fun you don't have to like take that away it, it doesn't everything doesn't have to be practical photography is a hobby like it's supposed to be fun just like tuning your car can be fun or uh i don't know uh fashion you know picking clothes out that doesn't actually cover your body any better but maybe you like looking better because it's just fun just yeah. chill people let people have fun with it it can be fun i like seeing the different effects <clears throat> a different gear has i i can't say I get that emotional attachment that a lot of people get. Yeah. I'll have a favorite lens for a while, but I guess I'm not a sentimental person because I would be like, goodbye if something better comes along. Heed that warning, Tony. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, but, I will say it also, it used to be more fun than it is now. Because yeah, everything's pretty good, right? 
Yeah, it's it's definitely tech camera technology, digital camera technology has plateaued. It used to be like every year something was twice as good. What about Sony? Sony's coming out with something pretty exciting all of the time. Yeah, there there's still advancements. But nowadays we're seeing most of the advancements in like smartphones and stuff and everything else. It's just it's just slowed down. Changes now are incremental. Nothing's like doubling in performance every year. Um, oh, people say this all the time. Any camera is good enough. Just go out and take pictures with the camera that you have, which can be true depending on the photography. But that person has never taken wildlife photography if they no. think any camera is good enough. Yeah, try to get a great picture of a flying bird with any camera. A diving osprey. Yeah. And you've got like some terrible entry level camera with like five frames per second. Yeah. Um, not that you can't get a great picture with that. You could. Not Because people will come back and be like, well, what about this picture? <laughs> yes, but you'll just have a lower hit rate. You'll have to spend uh, three years in the field instead of six months to get that really good picture. Um, the same thing, the, the thing that comes up all the time for me is somebody gets a camera to take pictures of their kids' indoor sports games. Indoor oh, sports yeah. are the hardest. That's really Basketball, rough. volleyball. And they say, why are my pictures all, they're all like speckled, like red and green. Like maybe they don't even know what noises or maybe their camera just won't focus fast enough this happens all the time and it doesn't matter those most cameras are not good enough for getting good pictures of indoor sports <laughs> they're just not you have to get the right camera for that type of work or you're just going to be frustrated and when you have a camera that's not good enough and you're frustrated you're not going to dig deeper into photography so i'm not talking about the people who are watching our channel all the time and getting deep interviews but i'm talking about you know your friends your mom your dad who pick up a camera for the first time and they're trying to learn photography, it can be really discouraging when you get the wrong camera. And a camera review can help those people. It yeah. can put them in into a D5300 instead of a Sony A6000 or, or something, depending on what they're shooting. Like my mom, she gets a lot of wildlife in her yard and she was trying to take pictures of it with just like a 50 millimeter lens. And so it was one of those like uh, fixed lens, like point and shoot cameras yeah. basically. Yeah. And it had a zoom on it, but but then what she was doing was cropping it and saying well why isn't it sharp and why is it why doesn't it look really good and so she just didn't understand and i had to explain to her well you need longer glass you need a longer lens you just need the right lens for taking these pictures so sometimes you need to know which gear to use number four uh camera reviews can be a good use of downtime oh yeah because there's this this argument like you should spend your time like go take pictures instead of watching videos but you can't always take pictures. Like I'll watch videos on an airplane. So we have YouTube Red, which lets you download videos offline and then you can watch them on an airplane, but I can't get a lot of photography done on an airplane. Oh yeah, you're, you're missing some prime opportunities for airline food photos, which are really <laughs> up and coming. Yeah, or maybe you're a wildlife photographer and it's just, it's raining outside. Or, you know, everybody has some downtime. Maybe you're stuck at home with the kids. Maybe you're at work and you're just really blowing off work. And watching things you're not supposed to watch. <laughs> That's most of our audience. <laughs> anyway, the argument that you should be taking pictures instead just isn't realistic. Everybody has time when they can't take pictures. But you might still be thinking about photography and want to do something photography related. We have some videos about that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay to be well-rounded and learn about photography and gear and the art. There's just enough time for everything, right? But I get it. It does seem like some people 
spend all their time talking about photography and none of their time actually doing it. You should definitely do some photography. Yeah. Another argument I want to make for watching camera reviews is that you simply can't trust manufacturers. This is, we've proved this just time and time and time again. Manufacturers' claims are not always correct. How many cameras have we tested that had the fastest autofocusing ever? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of claims and they have to do that. It's marketing. Mm -hmm. They're not going to put out a camera and say, hey, guys, this is pretty OK. Check it out. You know, you can't blame them, but it's good to go out and get other people's opinions. And I people come to us and they'll say, well, you didn't cover this. You didn't cover that. And I get that. No review that we do or anyone else does is going to be perfect. You kind of have to watch a bunch from a bunch of different sources yeah. and then you know, kind of pick out what you think is true. Yeah, you should always get reviews by multiple people. I don't want to be solely responsible for anybody spending, no. you know, three or $5,000. That's a lot of pressure on yeah. me to get it right. Um, but one thing you should never do is just take the manufacturer's word for it. But so autofocusing is a big one, big one where manufacturers just exaggerate. I feel like video is another one. Every manufacturer produces some sort of cool show or movie or video with whatever their new camera is, but quite often we review that camera and it's kind of a terrible video camera. <laughs> like it had, might have major functional problems. Like it makes files that are unmanageable or it doesn't have a headphone jack, that kind of thing where, yeah, you could produce good results with it, but in a practical way, as a reviewer, we can kind of surface the stuff that the manufacturer isn't going to tell you. Um, or the manufacturers might also omit important, important things like this happened with Nikon's previous generation 70 to 200, which had this focusing problem, focus breathing problem, where it would be more like 135 millimeters when you're focusing up close, but they never mentioned that. If you just looked at the manufacturer's specs, you would think it performed exactly like every other 70 to 200. So reviewers surface these types of things that the manufacturers want. Let's take a minute and talk about Squarespace. Okay, so we both have Squarespace portfolios and we love it. I've had portfolios hosted by several other platforms and actually didn't finish them because I'm not that great at that thing, type of thing. But Squarespace lets you make your pictures look beautiful and it's very easy to do. You can choose from a bunch of different templates. They have 24-7 customer support in case it's still a little bit difficult for you. And it's very affordable. It starts at about 9 or $10 a month. And if you use the coupon code PORTFOLIO by going to squarespace.com slash Tony, you can get 10% off. Uh, and when you do that, we don't get money, but it lets them know, hey, Tony and Chelsea, they're doing all right. And let me just say, I am a hardcore web nerd. I've made dozens of websites yeah. personally, and I've managed hundreds and hundreds of websites. I worked at a little company called BBN, which only the biggest of nerds will know. <laughs> but they invented the router and stuff. Like, they took the gig for building the internet in the 1960s from DARPA. And I am a Ow. hardcore web nerd, but I like Squarespace because I don't have to think about the CSS and the HTML and the backend stuff. It includes a store that's already wired up with a payment processing system. And they have good designers who make everything look beautiful and work on mobile devices. So I, I happen, because I'm a nerd, I happen to understand all the complexity that goes into this stuff. But you don't want to mess with it. Yeah, and it's such a relief to not have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And if you're a non-nerd, it's, it's probably the only way that you'll be able to ensure that your website works properly on mobile devices. And that you have, you know, analytics wired up. And that you can sell prints or take a deposit for 
uh, a client who wants a portrait shoot or whatever. Yeah. Also to say it's not just for portfolios. If you run a dentist's office, it's a great way to set up a website for that. If you have a restaurant or whatever, it's good for just about any type of website. Anyway, 14 day free trial at squarespace.com slash Tony. If you decide to sign up, use the coupon code portfolio and you'll get 10% off and they'll know that you heard about it from us. A lot of times in camera reviews, we end up zooming in really tight on pictures yeah to kind of see which lens is sharper or which camera has more noise that kind mm-hmm. of thing so we'll hear the argument a lot that nobody pixel peeps in the real world and i think that's for the most part true no it's not yeah you're right it's really that's not, not true at all that's <laughs> not true at all when i submitted to stock I got things turned down because things weren't perfectly sharp or there was chromatic aberration or what kind of statement is that? What's the real world? Um, <laughs> is it the I, one where you sell your pictures? You're right. It certainly yeah. is a pro. And I'll also say, even on my Instagram, I get people complaining that some of my Instagram pictures aren't quite sharp. Because you use that, oh, the snap bridge or whatever. Yeah, there there might be different reasons. Maybe it was slightly out of focus, but I posted it right from my camera or something. And I just couldn't see it on a small screen. But yeah, I get people complaining about little technical things about cameras all the time or that some picture is too noisy. And sure, the people who follow me on Instagram, they might be camera nerds themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but you really do notice these small minor details, not in every picture you take, but in some portions of the pictures that you take. Oh, man, even a complete amateur has respect for clarity. Have you ever gone to a gallery with someone and you're looking at (laughs) photography and someone will lean in and go, wow, that's so sharp. It looks like you could reach out and touch it. I mean, that matters to people. Clarity matters. Yeah, even if you don't know what noise or bouquet is or sharpness, you you can see it and you can feel it even just as a civilian, as a non-photographer. And... Um, people do different things with their pictures. You know, yeah. if you just make, if you just put your pictures on Facebook or if you just make eight by tens, maybe you really would never notice these things. But for me, one thing I always have in the back of my mind when I'm taking pictures is that someday, maybe 10 years from now, maybe 20 years from now, I want to have a gallery with my, the best shots from my career. And I want huge pictures like numbers of feet across, you know, like wall size pictures and things like that. And I want them all to be the greatest quality they can possibly be. So that's what matters to me. But different things matter to different people. Yeah, so just because it doesn't matter that, to you. It's sharpness isn't always the most important thing. That's not what I'm saying, but people do take that into account. That can be important. Yeah. Yeah. Some people care and people don't make reviews just specifically for you, your purposes and your uses. Yeah. Or even your friends, but you know, they kind of try to write reviews that a broad audience is interested in. And those who don't care about sharpness, it's easy just to skip that section. Yeah. Uh, no second chances. I think in photography, there are lots of times when you don't get to take your time and you don't get to reshoot. Oh, this just happened to me. Oh, uh, what happened? I've been trying to get a Kingfisher picture for a long time, but they're very shy and they're really fast. And usually you just hear them and then see something zoom by. So it's at the end of one of our trips. Um, I see a Kingfisher in the distance, but I'm like pressed for time. I've got to go. I'm walking out and I look and there's a Kingfisher probably less than 50 feet up in the air, looking down at a fish and just flapping and hovering 
right in front of me and I lift my camera and I go to shoot and like I had been focusing really far away so the kingfisher is so blurred that the autofocus can't even find it and there's no way I could manually focus that fast yeah and I'm just getting some blob well I should have just set my focus somewhere in the middle after I was done with my last shots yeah but oh and maybe you'll even get that kingfisher again but the light won't be quite the same because there will be a cloud between the sun that and your subject. That was a perfect moment and I totally missed it. Yeah. And if I had had the autofocus in a different setting, I probably could have gotten it. So something like a camera view can surface the difference in focusing speed between yeah. two different cameras and can be the difference between you getting that once in a lifetime shot and you not getting it. Um, if you're a wedding photographer, like every wedding is a shot, is, is something you can't recreate. You know, if the bride and groom are are leaving the ceremony and everybody's throwing rice, you need some camera that can track that motion. And you can't just pick any random camera and hope that it works. Because what will happen is in the wedding, you'll just have a whole set of shots that are out of focus. And then the, you'll have a bride and groom saying, why are there no shots of this? Yeah. <laughs> no, they will ask too. They'll say, did you get any of us leaving the church? Did you get any of my grandma dancing? Did you get, you know, you have to, catch the important moments. Yeah, and so that's one of the things we try to surface in a camera review is can, will it work in those once in a lifetime circumstances? Especially if that's what they're advertising, best autofocusing or something. If, that, if that's not true, we want to tell people because what if they're buying it for that purpose and they're disappointed and mm -hmm. they think it's them and it's actually the autofocusing or something, some other feature. Yeah, and, and there are also a lot of once in a lifetime things that happen in, in low light conditions like shooting a, a wedding wedding receptions always happen in kind of dim environments mm -hmm. but you have really important moments like the bride and the father of the bride dancing together yeah and maybe you get those shots but iso 6400 on that camera uh, kind of unusable yeah that's the that's kind of thing point. we want to surface like this camera might be cleaner and if that's the moment that you're waiting for then it's going to be really important to you i'm going to bring that that background to the pixel peeping argument as well yeah because those cameras that perform really well in low light sony i'm thinking of specifically has some excellent cameras you want to think about that if you need to capture moments like that all of the time having a different body could really change your photography yeah but you also you don't have to it, you don't have to get a camera that works well good enough for most of your pictures if you just have the one camera then you need a camera that will get the job done for that one most important shot that you take during the lifetime of that camera. So you actually, you might need more, a more powerful camera. You're carrying on a more powerful camera for 99% of your shots because you need it for that 1% of shots where you absolutely need it to perform correctly. Other things like battery life matters in these circumstances too, because we've had this happen where you pick up your camera to get what could be an amazing shot. And then you just see like the blinking battery error. Yeah. <laughs> and people wonder why you flip out about battery life, but it's because we've been, burned <laughs> we've missed shots because the battery failed on people us. learn to deal with that too so it's not necessarily a deal breaker you just have to know you need extra batteries or the grip the battery grip or yeah you just and you have to know yourself that you're not the type who's going to forget the extra batteries i'll forget the extra batteries we do that and people think people call us out because we're flawed people but we'll just mention in review you can't forget to charge your battery, you're going to be screwed. And then people who know that they're, they're the forgetful type, they'll be like, oh. they'll be like, maybe that's not the camera for me. If you're the type who never forgets stuff, which apparently a lot of our viewers are oh, yeah. perfect, <laughs> then it's not a concern for you.
I just want to make the point that a lot of people watching reviews are amateurs and they have casual requirements. Oh, dang. You just threw down. Okay. I when I use the word pro and amateur, I mean pro you get paid. as yeah, you're working for somebody else as a pro. An amateur, you're doing it for yourself. Maybe okay. because you love the art. So it's about who you're working for. But when you're a pro, you have somebody else dictating the requirements. Maybe you're, you're working for The Gap and they need to make a big wall-sized print of some fashion thing. And it needs to be super clean and it needs to be super sharp. Suddenly you have... So these are now really important factors for you. Yeah, and we'll even we've talked to professional photographers that will say because of that they rent different gear specifically for that shoot. Mm -hmm. They're not just hanging on to their one camera and saying, "No, this camera's good enough." Nobody's going to pixel peep. They're saying, "Oh, well, for this particular shoot that I'm getting paid for, I should probably rent a medium format camera because I need a big print." So this is something that the pros think about. And how are they going to know that that medium format camera outperforms whatever 35 millimeter DSLR they have carrying around? Just google it some sort of review yeah. some, some reviewer is going to have to surface that for him it's one person who does the testing shares the information so hundreds of thousands of people can make educated choices and they don't have to put the time into doing all the testing themselves that's kind of what what it's all about um I also say as a pro again you might need a camera that can achieve the maximum performance that you might ever need from the lifetime of it um but it can also save you a great deal of time. So we're perfectionists. We, we are, when we publish an image in a large format, it doesn't have noise in it. And even when we take a picture that has noise in the original image, we end up going and kind of brushing out all the noise. Yeah. And that can take hours. It can take days sometimes, depending on the image. Another example would be a lens. If you have a lens with a lot of chromatic aberration, mm -hmm. uh, you would end up having to retouch all of that out. Yeah. And if you're, say, a real estate photographer or something like that, maybe more, some a type of photographer more scrutinized, you'd have to go through and edit every single picture in that way. It would just be easier to get a piece of gear that didn't have that problem. Yeah. So it's time saving. And if you're, if you're editing pictures all day, then that's something you have to consider. You need to learn how to be more efficient. Yeah, it's, it's kind of arguing two points. Like camera reviews matter because differences in gear actually matter. Yeah. Not to everybody, but to some portion of the audience. They really matter in a very tangible way that can impact people's careers. Uh, next to last point. Um, the, the time you spend, especially as a pro, but even as an enthusiastic amateur, the time you spend researching your camera gear is a pretty small fraction of the time you put into making pictures. That's not true for everybody. Some people spend hundreds of hours on YouTube watching camera reviews. <laughs> yeah. And then they spend uh, three minutes a week taking pictures of their cat. But for that the average like professional, when you're, when you're serious and you're producing great art, you can put weeks of work into what amounts to like one picture. Ansel Adams spent months and months out in Yosemite. And, you know, at the end of it, he'd get one picture. He would show his the best picture that he got from six months out in the field. He would take one picture. So would it be worth it for somebody spending six months out in the field to spend a few hours making sure that they have a camera that's, you know, not going to f die in cold weather, that's going to produce the best possible images after they invest all that time? It's just, it's a, a tiny drop in a bucket. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Save for the difference in cost and camera gear, it might actually be worth a couple of thousand dollars if you're investing, you know, $10,000 in building out a nice set and hiring models and getting makeup people. The money you put into the gear doesn't matter that much. It's a small fraction of it all. The last point. The camera views that you watch can actually be shaping the manufacturing of the products you're interested in. So if you're watching camera reviews and maybe the reviewers are missing something like we often do or something we didn't think of because that's not the type of photography we tried. It's so good to have the opportunity to speak up and say, hey, this should be covered or I had this problem or this battery failed or uh, the camera crashed on me. When you're relaying those messages to the reviewers, they can often then relay them to the manufacturers. And this happens to us when we go to an event, um, when we go to Photo Plus or something like that, we have people come up to us and say, what do you think of the camera? What do you think of this technology? Would you change anything? They ask us and we do our best to relay to them, not just our opinions, but what we hear from you. So it's really important that we collaborate. Um, you'll often see Tony in the comments say, hey, could you be more polite with your feedback? Because we want a conversation. If you don't like something and you explain it to us, we want to understand so we can relay that and try to make these cameras more practical for the photographers using them, not just something that sounds good on a spec sheet or is like an amazing engineering feat, but ends up not being really all that practical. Practical. Yeah. So. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like we've been preaching for years that it's photographers benefit when a camera has a touchscreen. Yeah. And now we see a bunch of cameras coming First out. First we got laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> but now just about every camera has a touchscreen. Yeah. And that's been true of many different kind of features that we've, that we've been talking about in the past. Um, and when you look at a camera like the Fuji X-T1, when we reviewed it, we had a list of things that we thought were serious problems with it. And then the X-T2 comes out and Fuji has checked off like every item on that list. Manufacturers watch our reviews and, and every reviewer's reviews yeah. and treat that as feedback and use that when they're developing the next generation of the product. Yeah, they listen to people too. And they'll even listening. reach out to us directly. And like you said, and, and get our feedback and they'll let us know, like we watched your review and we're going to take that feedback and we're going to make the next one better based on what you said. So in that way, there's some responsibility there. It's almost like we're elected officials. You know what I mean? Like we have to speak for the bigger audience, not just for the way that we use cameras, but because we know so many photographers and we work closely with people and we we're answering the questions. We know what they're struggling with, what they wish they could do differently. We, we take that responsibility and, and act as a, a communication channel to the manufacturers and to the product development teams. So it's not just reviews for buyers, but we're helping to build the next generation of camera, even if we're not sitting there with, design specs and sheets and directly helping out. Yeah. So that's why camera reviews matter. That's why I think camera reviews matter. I'm totally open to feedback. Like how have camera reviews, reviews helped you? How have they changed what you do in a practical way? Or is it just that you think they're fun? Or do you think we're wrong about something? Maybe maybe camera reviews don't matter and this has all been a total waste of our time. We are a little biased. <laughs> I mean, we like them, we make them, but... Um, I, well, we do them because we think they matter. Yeah, that's absolutely true. This podcast was made possible by our sponsor, Squarespace. 
Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. So you can try Squarespace for free for 14 days, no credit card needed. Uh, you can go to squarespace.com Tony. If you decide to buy it, use the coupon code portfolio for 10% off. Thank you, Squarespace. And be sure to go to stp.io slash podcast to see the different places where you can listen to our audio podcast. It's You can watch it on YouTube, but it's cool to listen to while you're driving or working out or on an airplane or something. It's, it's an audio format. Yeah. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.